You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of August 14th. It's the middle of August already. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night is my buddy Jim Allen. What's happening, dude? not the middle of august that's fake news you know that's all that's alternative reality that doesn't match with mine so i'm just going to ignore it <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a new american thing i think if i don't like it i just ignore it yeah i i don't know how new it is anymore but yes <laughs> no i'm good actually and it does feel like it feels hot enough to be the middle of august <laughs> well yeah you know i accidentally ran an extra two kilometers today i don't know how i made a wrong turn but <laughs> okay i was wondering how that was going to happen accident but i understand okay yeah i i meant to come home at, at 11 kilometers and by the time i got home it was around 13 and i'm like what the heck did i do <laughs> run through yeah I, but i fun. know i know there are <laughs> streets in tokyo that if you make one turn you think you're you know you're making a 90 degree 90 degree left and it turns out to be you're going in a, like a 45 you know to 135 degree yes city planning not a thing when well, you're developing yeah. some of these streets well, yeah. no 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 city planning at least not in <laughs> tokyo because basically they they just overlaid the transportation and main street network over the existing uh pattern of of rows of paths between rice fields mm-hmm and random not random roads but roads well-traveled roads between two points which are then you know which don't go at a right angle <laughs> yeah and they go at a wrong angle <laughs> they do indeed and, and almost is almost fiendishly slow so yeah. to to paraphrase uh, a former colleague uh, happily right. a former colleague of mine okay all right well on this week's show we've got Jose Mota, formerly a uh, color analyst with the Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Mm. Uh, we're going to discuss the playoff races. We're going to jump on the Yohei Oshima countdown to 2000 hits, and we're going to finish by handling some high heat. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. So, full disclosure, I went to Tokyo Dome on Wednesday. I caught up with Sheldon Noisy of the Hanshin Tigers. We had a pretty nice chat. He's a nice guy. I found out some interesting information about the Hanshin Tigers. However, my iPhone, uh, had, it experienced app impotency. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> the voice recorder simply stopped. It shut down or shut us out or... I don't know what happened, but uh, anyway, the good news is that I did this interview with Jose Mota uh, probably sometime in April mm -hmm. um, and uh, gives us a wonderful opportunity to listen to this chat. Uh, Jose is uh, working for the Dodgers. I think he's working on the Spanish side uh, in the broadcast booth. And um, we spoke via Zoom and he has some insight and appreciation and love for NPV and its players. And that all comes gushing out in this conversation. and. Uh, we did it. Yeah, I talked to him when he was in Tokyo at Tokyo Dome for the for the round out here of the WBC. Ah, and, that explains something. And I got his email address and I said, we'd love to have you on the show. 
And uh, he said, sure. And what a great guy. He, he was fantastic mm. to talk to. He always gets back to me with email as soon as he can. And he's very organized. And you can hear how organized he is and the way he presents his thoughts. So uh, mm. let's take a listen. All right. Joining us for this week's show is Jose Mota. He is now with the Dodgers, but he was doing Angels work for before. I guess you said 20 years you were with the Angels. I can't even believe that. 20 years with the Angels, man. That went so fast, man. I, I can't believe what a blessing that was for me. Uh, absolutely, but I'm so glad to be home in Dodger Blue right now. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Now, look, you and I, we met at Tokyo Dome. I actually thought I had met you somewhere before, and probably our paths have crossed sometime I, before because we're both, both in yeah. Southern California. <laughs> but uh, you were at the WBC and the Tokyo side. What did you think about Japan winning the WBC this time? It, it didn't surprise me at all because I have followed Japanese baseball for many, many years. Uh, going back to, like, I remember, you know, Matty Alou was my father's close friend. I mean, one of the closest friends he had back in the 60s and 70s. And I remember when Matty Alou went to Japan and his son, Mateito, Matty Jr., would come back into the Dominican and say, oh, man, Japan, this and that. I'm like, Japan, there's baseball over there, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> through the years, I've, I've been a, a you know a follower of Japanese baseball, but um, to have been in Tokyo for the first time, to have experienced now myself as a broadcaster, the impact of you know from Ichiro Suzuki to Sasaki to Matsui, obviously Hideo Nomo with the Dodgers, and so many, obviously Shohei Otani was my boy. <laughs> it, it, he was mine first. <laughs> it was unbelievable what I experienced there from the people, the culture, the love for the game, the respect, and how much they love their, their Samurai Japan team is so beautiful. All right. Well, I think there's a lot of circumstance and a lot of context to Japan winning these tournaments. I guess it's, it has been five, uh, three out of the five tournaments Japan mm -hmm. has won. I think the timing is good for Japan because the, uh, usually uh, spring training starts here on February 1st in Japan. So they're ready. Their bodies are just ready to, to go early in the year, earlier more so than to other countries. I think that their pitching is good and their pitching, it's difficult to time their pitching. And uh, I think the Japan side puts a lot of effort into it. I think if the U.S. put a lot of effort and put the best players on the field and took it very seriously, I think the USA would win. What do you think? Well, there's no doubt that, you know, you have an advantage. We can have a group together early when we have a group that... Um understands what that there's one thing in mind is not about the name in the back of a uniform it's about the name across your chest it speaks loudly um i was not surprised to see japan win i mean going back to 2006 my first you know classic that i covered i saw that team from close up next to the dugout how cohesive they were and the the attention they paid to uh, the details of the game which every team does but there's something unique about how they do it how they stress it, how they practice it, and how it's pretty much everyday repetition. I mean, that's why you hear a lot of American players that go to Japan go, my God, every day for, for a month we're doing the same thing. Well, that is something that they really take a lot of pride on. And then they understand that to win ball games, you might have the sluggers and the great pitching, but it comes down to the little details because over a long season, there's so many things that are exposed that that's why in a tournament like that, they're exposed to everything quickly, and it happens quickly. 
but they understand how to respond, and the players are mentally and physically ready to you know face a challenge. And they've done it so well in the history of the World Baseball Classic. Yes, they have. Now, you knew about guys like Otani, obviously. You knew about Murakami. You knew about Roki Sasaki and some other guys. But who was someone you really hadn't paid that much attention to before you came to the Tokyo side and you said, whoa? <laughs> Yoshida is a very fine player. I mean, there's no doubt that this guy with the Boston Red Sox is going to have an impact, already have an impact. Um, but, you know, I actually got to meet uh, Hideki, the manager in um, Kuriyama, when when in Kuriyama when when he came to greet Shohei Otani in spring training of 2018, mm. and I got to meet him, and there was like a, such a nice little exchange. And then when I I showed him the picture of back then, he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember talking to you." And he goes, "You paid so much interest in Shohei and his transition, you know, to the United States." But um, Miyagi, out of that bullpen, man. You know, the lefty, he was impressive. That one time he came in and just, like, even the pitching limit, and we're like, is he really going to be able to shut it down under, under the 65 pitches? And he just pretty much dealt. Um, uh, Gondo, my goodness, what a good player he is. I mean, the little guy that just, you know, Shoei calls him a hitting genius. Yeah, I mean, he showed me the ability to just, again, stay in his game and have the ability to control, you know, counts play with a lot of impact. He is not faced by anybody, no matter what the count is, what the situation is. He stayed the same. Um, and then Soske Genda, a uh, player that uh, we saw play and come in and make an impact quickly. So there's just so many players that I go out there and look and go, I don't know about this guy, you know, but my goodness, what a fine player, you know, a guy like Chuto. And uh, it, it just time after time, I start thinking about, how I remember these players, how I connect the dots, and and I see why they're such a good good team, and how they practice, how they play, and the smiles, and how they go about their work. But my goodness, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent, and for you, obviously, uh, you know, we're talking about Gullick, Shohei Otani, and the fun that he had. There's no doubt, you know, having Lars there uh, made an even better impact, and just acceptance, and knowing that they're all part of the cohesive unit. Yep, yep, yep. Now, you brought up Shohei. I brought up Shohei. What did you think when you first heard about a guy wants to come to the United States and be a two-way player? What was your first impression of that, just hearing about that? I said, are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm like, how? How? Where? Who is this guy? So then, you know, a year before, you start hearing about this guy, Shohei Otani. You go, okay, let me just look at YouTube videos and see what he's all about. And the more you look, you're like, oh, my God, can you just imagine this kid in the United States in a uniform, wearing a big league uniform, and two-way player? Not just a two-way player, because that's what people need to understand. There's been a lot of guys that have tried being two-way players, Okay. Babe Ruth was a two-way player, but never to the impact of Shohei Otani. Right. But to do it at the level at which he does it, to captivate the audiences, because everybody's so intrigued, and then to thrive under every single pressure and scene that's been thrown at him is marvelous. When I first saw it, I go, well, we'll see how this is going to work in the U.S. because he's going to be exposed to better pitching. He's going to face better hitters. Uh, the schedule, the travel, the everything, the routine is going to be different. But nonetheless, 
I mean, I did not expect him to have this type of impact. I, I'm quite quite honest with you because I also saw the failures when he got to the United States. Let me tell you, man, spring training 2018, <laughs> that was not fun to watch. <laughs> it, was, it was painful to watch because he just looked lost and, you know, he had no impact whatsoever. But I recall him saying time after time, I'm getting ready for the season. I'm getting ready for the season. And I'm like, you know, this is a separate type of monster in the way he thinks. But to have the impact he's had, two-way player, I mean, it's pretty amazing and still going and getting better and getting stronger. Yeah, he. I always said, I hope he goes to a team that allows him to make that transition and, and give his best effort. And he did, and and that was great. But I, he surpassed anything that I had had for expectations. You know, home runs, hitting home runs every day. I I, I had an interview where I said, you know, the guy throws a hundred and hits, he hits the ball a hundred. I said, who does that? Nobody does no. that. No, 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 no human does that. <laughs> so, yeah. No. All right. So we have heard. So many complaints about the WBC. The timing is bad. Um, guys get hurt. And I say you can get hurt if you get off the sofa. You know, if, if yep. you're going to move, you're putting your body at risk. So I don't want to hear that. But what do you see as the future of the WBC growing momentum and gaining momentum? I think, uh, you know, 2023 was exactly what they needed. I think, you know, even with the pandemic, because obviously things got... Um, pushed back from 2017 to 2023. The pandemic ended up being a blessing for the WBC, and I'll tell you why. Number one is the weight and the anticipation built. And I think even those that didn't like the Duro Baseball Classic initially, when they knew that star players were saying yes, it's like, hey, wait a minute. I want to pay attention now. And then countries and all these delegations have more time to implement and really convince star players that this is for you, okay? This is for the fans. Look how much the, the game has grown globally since 2006 because of the impact of these players coming out of the World Baseball Classic from every country around the world. But the, the, you know, the absence of the World Baseball Classic for practically six years just allowed a lot of star players to rethink it and go, you know what, maybe I was wrong in my thinking back then. And you, and you see said, guys got hurt in spring training, by the way. So if you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt no matter what. Guys get hurt lifting weights, riding bikes, exercising. Warming up. So please, come on. <laughs> That's an excuse. I mean, um, there was a point, you know, I remember uh, be between 06 and 17, in which we actually got data on the amount of injuries that actually happened comparing a WBC year mm -hmm. to non-WBC years. And actually, the WBC helped players throughout a season more than when there was no World Baseball Classic. The amount of injuries and the type of injuries was important to, you know, to put, take notice of. Um, the complaints about timing, there's no better time to do it. I have heard people talk about about you stop the season. No, you think big league players are going to say, by the way, I'm not even playing, but you're going to stop my season when I'm having an MVP season or a Cy Young type season for three weeks because you want to accommodate this tournament? Not, no, it, it doesn't fit that way, okay? It doesn't feel like it does in hockey and in soccer. I'm sorry, it does not. Baseball is a monster playing every single day. 
you lose two games or three days off, you lose momentum. Yeah. You lose it. I mean, you lose your touch. Mm-hmm. Then people talk about, how about after the season? Well, guess what, my friends? After the season, it's not going to happen, okay? <laughs> it's, it's not an exhibition. Yeah. You know, it's not a touring because now you have free agents. Now you have players that played with an injury towards the end of the season. Now you have guys that say, oh, I really want to play, but I'm hurt, man. I, get, I need to rehab. Then you have a free agent saying, wait a minute, I just completed the best season of my life. I'm heading into free agency, and I'm going to expose myself now to an injury in the World Baseball Classic? No. Yeah. So the timing is exactly what it needs. There are some tweaks that need to happen. I think the pitching should be allowed a little bit more freedom when it comes down to the amount of pitches in each one of the rounds because, and obviously that's going to have to be built by starting pitchers early and allowing teams in delegations from all over the world to work out together for, you know, two, three weeks before spring training. Um, nobody's going to get an advantage. I mean, come on. Are you going to tell the Japanese teams not to start working out February 1st? No, right? Even though they're not <laughs> working out as a group, as a WBC team, well, they're working out. So, there's way to adjust it. I think also the the if we have like three powerhouses in one pool, not ideal to me. You mm. got to separate those where you have powerhouses spread more around. Sure, and then you, they can all go out there and meet. But overall, I think the way it's being done, there's not much to tweak. A couple little things here and there. They've done it because there's more countries now. But man, the timing is exactly where it needs to be. And I don't want to hear about interrupting seasons or post seasons because. It's not going to have the best impact because then you're competing also against other sports, there's no doubt. Yeah. I, I said, uh, can you imagine big market teams stopping the season and putting their expensive players out to be exposed to things that could impact directly uh, the next week? You know, now your injury really, really impacts. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I always said the WBC works in unison with spring training. You don't have to do anything different. You just have to play games, and you're playing games. And guys talk about the intensity and all that stuff, but you're still working on your swing and trying to get those things together. It's it works in unison with spring training, so it does. And and, and to hear comments from Mike Trout and, and Shohei and the Japanese players, and you know, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Lars and all these star players saying, "I would do it in a heartbeat. I'll do it again." Julio Urias, I mean, guys in Team Mexico that were just all so into it. And, been dedicated to it and, and saying those at bats those innings are going to make me a better pitcher and a better hitter guess what Freddie Freeman's hitting 400 Mookie Betts is hitting the way he's supposed to be hitting with a great night last night you so, know kind of timing is sort of but also Julio Diaz to start 3-0 but all those yeah a lot of the yeah. players the pitchers here all the guys who came back from WBC those pitchers I, at when we did our last show they were all undefeated still so I mean <laughs> Yeah, I, I like it. I, I think the timing is perfect. And, um, I, you know, the, my last question before we let you go is is about this this mythical International World Series we have heard about, mm. I think, maybe more than 10 years now that the MLB winner would play the NPB winner. Do you really see that idea playing out in the future? I do. Really? I do, because I... There's so many things that have happened in baseball, you know, the last 25 years that you go, nah, it's not going to happen, you know, interleague. People are like, nah, come on, how, how are you going to pull the American League and National League? And say, well, it's happening. Um, all those things. Um, obviously, the All-Star game, counting for a World Series advantage, who would have thought that was ever going to happen, right? And look what happened. 
the World Baseball Classic goes back to the days when I was a youngster in the Dodger organization. And the O'Malley family always had a vision for an international tournament. I mean, you talk about the impact the O'Malley family, Steinbrenners, have had on this tournament now. You think about their ideas on building ballparks overseas. In Asia, where people are like, you're building a ballpark in China for what? Well, guess what? Here we are. The vision that these pioneers had is being lived out in international tournament with baseball stars, not with Olympic teams and amateur players, big league star players from their nations is being played. So I cannot say no that I, I, I cannot say no to that because if all these things have happened, maybe at some point now, because think about the impact of the media, social media, television, money and funds. We cannot deny that. Well, if it comes down to presenting a package to both leagues and say, this makes a lot of sense, somebody's going to make it happen because we know what talks in this business. Yeah, <laughs> it talks in it, and it stops the WBC from being held in the middle of the season. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time and waking up this morning and getting ready for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I will always say, arigato gozaimasu. I love Japan. I had a fantastic time. All right. So, Jim, what stood out for you? Well, first of all, I had a couple of riddles because I, although I, I knew the answer, but this helped solve one of them and why in Miami he turned to me in an elevator and said, Jim, how are you doing? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I was lost. And, and we had, of course, uh, he knew of me. I found out from probably A, because of that, and B, because of, the Canadian, uh, the Shohei Otani Canada fan club, whom he had seen me interviewing that one of their people in in Phoenix, Arizona, when the 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 uh, Angels were playing the the Milwaukee Brewers in Maryville, the the ballpark in in Phoenix mm-hmm. in the spring of 2018. And so when that guy came back to Anaheim, he interviewed him, and then their fan club shot into the into the real world wow and so and i was surprised when he said jim yeah everybody knows you and i'm going well you know that's news to me (laughs) but that helps explain things a little bit i really enjoyed it um but i remember yeah i remember lots of the talk about as i said i was there in 2018 watching watching shohei otani struggle I don't recall, I mean, the whole bit I'm preparing for the season, I think, was more lip service. I think he was also panicking to some degree, and Ichiro Suzuki helped helped him with that because he was there also there in Phoenix, the Phoenix area. And other things went on, but yes, I do remember that. I do remember lots of things about uh about that that spring and that was interesting and i know i also know a lot of people who are very tight with jose mota and think the world of him mm. well yeah you're talking about uh that that first spring training that otani had and i remember him lifting his leg still at that time and then they yeah, said he did. you know what yeah he and, did. And, and, Until... and they said you know what let's let's keep that on the ground let's just uh you know no toe taps or anything let's just right. go straight well he went with a toe swing. tap that was the switch he went yeah. with the first with a toe tap and he'd been actually and i understand he'd been working on that on the back lots mm-hmm. all spring you know from about i think 
about halfway through, maybe from maybe the beginning of March, but he didn't use it in a game until they played the Dodgers. He didn't use the tap. He didn't drop the leg kick in a game until I think he only played in one of those uh, freeway series games. And then he had a couple, he had a hit. He had a really, he had a a couple of really good at bats. And then of course he, he, uh, he just took off from opening day against the Oakland A's. But I think he had been working on that all, all the while, but he hadn't used it. He was still holding out hope that what he had done in Japan had would work there. Sure. Okay. But uh, a couple of things. Yes, yeah, certainly I do remember the Angels and, and Jose Mota's uh, ret, reticent, you know, can this guy really do it is interesting because Mike Sosa didn't really want him to be a hitter. <laughs> I mean, when he was first signed, he said, like, I don't think we can, you know, he wants, he, he, he thinks he's going to, you know, he could be a DH, but DH, of course, the end, the angels DHs were a step up from hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it was, they were, there was, there was, there was, um, there was some nose holding there, uh, but that was because Albert Pujols had been injured the year before and his his performance was awful. And the people they had to replace him were not really very good. I think some of those guys ended up in Japan as well. And uh, But Sosha said, well, the DH tends to be one of your better hitters on, on, a, on a real team. Hashtag. And so uh, we don't know. I don't know if that's going to work out. And of course, the Angels were kind of pussyfooting around the whole thing. You know, don't pit, don't bat the day before or after you pitch like the fighters had done. Sure. And uh, but no, they didn't really want to. And I think that was that was that was obvious. And that was even before he tried. Uh, And of course, afterwards, it was all well, we knew he was going to be really good. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that. I mean, you know, you know, and I know, you know what I said. And people were going, no, 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 no. Anyway, but that's just because I'm a blowhard mostly. Um, about 2013, when I said, don't throw, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, I thought that was really fun. And but my my only thing I would want to say is that. One has to be really careful. I mean, you guys were both, you know, the WBC can never happen at another time. And I would say, be careful about with the words never and only, because <laughs> things change. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you pointed that out, you know, when you started talking about uh, a real world series or a more inclusive world, the idea of a more inclusive world series. Sure. And and uh, Jose's opinion was the same as mine. As soon as MLB teams think there's money to be made doing that, yes, they'll be like, "No, we we were always in on this." Yes, someone right. with whom I've spoken often has said, oh, echoed those same sentiments on this very show. <laughs> mm. So, so I think that yeah, and I know a few of those people. So, and it just reminds me of things like you know people telling me before 1995 Japanese players will never be able to star in MLB because the competition in Japan is too low level. Okay. Yeah. And that's why 
NPB created a free agent system because they 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 had no fear that any Japanese was going to be good enough to play in MLB and would leave via free agency. So and they and the one the guy who voted for it, the guy who put it through as the Giants uh, CEO at the time said, hey, we never would have done it if we had known they were actually good enough. Yeah, <laughs> never would have done so, it. <laughs> another one that had, from Japan was, and of course we heard that from MLB people too. Interleague play will never happen in Japan, mm-hmm. and Shoyotani will never be allowed to hit an MLB or hit end pitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, no, you're not going to let a guy who could throw 100 miles an hour hold a bat. No, no, never happen. I, I've got one MLB scout who insists he was not one of those <laughs> and everybody else is everyone else i talked to i i can't speak for the ones i didn't speak to but i would say about uh more than 95 percent of the scouts i talked to that was their opinion will never happen so i'd be careful but i i i personally would like to see the i think they could manage it somehow with, in the future where the wbc final round is played in the instead of the all-star break and where you've got a week, you know, they've already got a week break and you can skip all that other nonsense. (laughs) But uh, I mean, they, they essentially did that this time. They had the, they had the finals in a, you know, they had teams coming from Asia and playing three days later. So could happen. It could happen, but uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, uh, listening to this chat, you still get a sense of how impressive, Samurai Japan, uh, that team was in the tournament. And mm. with all the players who've experienced sluggish starts or interrupted seasons or had gotten injured, look at what Otani is doing. <laughs> Another MVP worthy, and I mean, hands down, right? MVP worthy season. And quite frankly, I think it was the MVP last year. They just looked at a guy who hit a bunch of home runs and judge and gave it to him. But I'm like, well, he's doing the same thing he did the previous season. He did it last season. He even has more home runs this year. So if he was the MVP those years, why did you? Anyway, um, <laughs> but I'm sure I speak for a lot of Japanese baseball fans and old tiny supporters when I say, dude, why did you pick the Angels in the first place? Because <laughs> you hear a lot of that. <laughs> because actually, look, we, we got some insight into that actually this week. I I must have missed it. Yeah, I missed it too because I didn't hear that part of the interview. But it was there was a little question thrown out there during when they were playing the Giants this week, and Terrio heard it and re- and told me about it. And I went, "Oh, that's interesting." Which was? Which was somebody asked. They said somebody said the Giants were one of the seven finalists to sign you when you came to MLB ahead of the 2018 season in the you know in the winter of 2017, and he said, "Yeah, I was really, really, really close to signing with the Giants." Hmm. And and somebody asked them, and so do you have any feelings about playing him now? He says, "Nah, you know." That's that was then. This is now. What difference does it make? You know, I can't go back and change things. And and Terry, I won't say what Terrio said, but she was oh, every everything. If Otani ties his shoelaces a certain way, there are people in Japan who are certain that 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 no shoes have ever been tied so well before in the history of mankind. <laughs> well, I just uh, you know, and I look at this 
this Angels team because we're forced to watch. And we and you know he's so mesmerizing, mesmerizing. You have to watch every day. It's oh not yeah, like, it's not like it's only it's in some instances it's our job. Uh, I have to figure out what story I'm going to lead with in, in in baseball that day, and it always ends up being something Angels related. So I'm watching the games, but I I'm not pleased about it. I don't I don't know. You know, Trout had been experienced. Mike Trout had been experiencing injury issues for years before. Otani joined the team and he has done nothing but be, get injured almost every season since Otani joined. This team plays in a division that has long been a pool of mediocrity, in my opinion. Now, there have been once in a while a strong team here and a strong well, team Astros there. Well, the Astros have been good. You know, that's no, the Astros, Astros, but we're talking about, I'm talking about 30 oh, before years. Before that, okay. 30 years, okay. 40 Fair years. Enough. Uh, the Rangers, the the Mariners, the sure. Angels, the the Astros weren't even in it, right? They were sure. still in, they were in, in the, the National, National League. League. Then. It just really hasn't been great. And and the Oakland A's, you know, here and there, especially in the '80s with the Bash Brothers, they were good, but they have gone through cycles. So, and yet the Angels have only won. I don't. I, I don't think they won the division when they won the World Series and when they beat the Giants in the World Series in what was it, two thousand two. Uh, they just got. Uh, I've erased rally. that. I've erased that from my memory. Okay, All I yeah. know is they beat the Giants. I don't remember the year. Right, and, and, and they 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 had a rally monkey, and, and I think I remember game that. seven. John Lackey pitching like a madman, and and they had a great playoff run, but and it ended with a World Series championship. But you know, Otani certainly has surpassed every expectation. I don't think anybody, not even I, I, I would. I didn't think so. Almost I mean, bet that he didn't think he was going to be this kind of player, but that he was going to be successful and he was going to be able to do both. And, you know, we still hear talk about the fact that, you know, well, one day he's going to have to pick one. And I'm like, why Why do you guys keep doing this? Why do you keep saying this? You're just certainly. He well, might I think, get just, I think there's a reason. Yeah, I yeah, think he might get, I think there's a reason to that. And quickly, just my thinking is, you know, at some point. It's just going to be the injuries of a pitcher just make it make more sense that he would become a full-time position player and a part-time, you know, pitcher. Well, we're seeing that this year. He's got a finger cramps. He's got a crack well, I nail. Mean by, he's I got, mean more by design. No, I, I know, but I mean, yeah, he has that, been able so. to hit. Even when he comes off the mound, he's still able to hit and hit and be productive. But yeah, we're we're seeing some of that, but the, you know the the thing about the cramping, the cramping issues in recent weeks with him, he does take days off. So I'm not surprised. But remember, I don't. I, I'm sure it was his first year as a pro with the fighters, and he kept cramps were a thing, ending up with legs, cramps. And remember, yeah. I went on a rant on the show and I said, "Let's figure this out." And so you know he has dealt with this in the past so these th these things are all coming from a, a guy carrying a team on his back <laughs> for this long it's just you know he needs time off he is i keep mm. saying joking that he's a comic book character and that he's not human but no but that's really that's not that's not far he's he so far exceeds our our expectations it's quite amazing it is it is so um, I, but again i i just i don't know what this is what the angels have been. Why would he expect that just his mere presence and, and greatness could lift the angels out of the depths of whatever the, these angels are in? Mm, I, that's not a in good heaven. question. I mean, <laughs> and, and I, I've, I've quizzed his agent and whether, if his agent knows he, well, you know, he's an agent. So agents, um, there are, <laughs> there are exceptions. 
there are exceptions. Uh, the head, the guy who runs the baseball for Wasserman Agency, uh, his name escapes me at the moment, is is one of these guys who you you kind of know when he's telling you the truth because when he's not, he, if he's he seems inclined not to tell you the truth, he doesn't say anything. But most agents tend to be a little on the slimy. I don't mean on the slippery side. Let's slimy is slimy is pejorative, <laughs> but slippery and hard yeah. to pin down. We'll, we'll and save even, that for and a... even Nez Bolello, um, Otani's agent, who I like, he's you know he 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 has that uh, that gear. He has that slippery gear too. But it's called you know, the, the said, Ghostbusters gear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, you know he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, you know, why did he choose him? He says, well, I darned if I know. And that may be true or maybe not. I don't know. But uh, my question, since you're you're a Southern California sports, um, I don't know what, addict, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> but because you, you definitely need your you need that that part. It's really part of you. I don't mean it in a bad way, like it's a like it's a negative thing, but it is a part of your, your of who you are. Uh-huh. And I'm just sort of getting into the angels thing now because of Otani. And it seemed to me the whole trade thing, the whole. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, when teams go all in to win, I'm I'm all for that because that's so anti MLB right now. Mm-hmm. You know, MLB is criticizing the san diego padres for trying to win you know you're making us look bad stop it (laughs) no i mean that's what the colorado rockies owner said and i think the commissioner even sort of saying well teams shouldn't be follow the padres example it's bad for business and (laughs) uh, our business is of course rob manfred's business which is trying to con cities out of money to because billionaires owners need handouts from over you know over uh underpaid and overtaxed salary you know employ uh laborers or citizens yeah right yeah. yeah so uh but my thing about the angels i'm i'm happy they were trying to win but what i saw is a team that wasn't actual they were only trying to win because Artie moreno thought that if they won they would be able to keep shohei otani he cares about you know they have one of the worst minor league. It seems to me, and and they have one of the worst and underfunded minor league systems in MLB. And then they take four of their best, four of the the best of the worst, and they they get rid of them so they can get a bunch of old guys so they can say to Shohei Otani, "Look, we're trying to win. We're helping. We're doing something. <laughs> we're the new angels." Except they're not the new angels. It's completely cynical. They're only doing it because. Now they've got a le- they've got less of a chance of winning in the next five years than they had this year. They're they're the rearrangels. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're just they haven't been very good. I, I I don't I wouldn't have picked that team uh, to to join, but it, I mean, it wasn't I it wasn't us. Part of and, it, and and was... I don't know. You know, I thought about why the Angels didn't want to trade Otani, and I think he had some say in that. You could know, have. That that maybe he said, look, I'll I'll sit down at the end of the season and make a decision. I promise that you'll be included. But uh if you trade me, I'm not coming back. So I that... think he I think the fact that nobody's talked about contract extensions at this point is almost guaranteed that he's not coming back because the Angels are now in the driver's seat where they're the only ones who can talk to him. Yeah, I understand that, but I mean uh, I, I think there was some back. I mean, you know, then we'll never know. 
we, we no, will never well, know unlikely, for sure. unlikely for sure. Yeah, but Watch but I, I think he, you know, he was enamored with with Southern California. He just he just missed the target there. Anyway, we gotta so. we gotta so. move along. But uh, again, thank you very much. Uh, Jose and, and yes, and thank you. So if you next time you see me in an elevator, say hi again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I said uh, to the listeners, that you know, apologies that we did have this chat on uh, hold for a rainy day and the rain fell. So <laughs> boy, did it! Uh, a ten-minute chat with uh, Sheldon Noisy turned into a one-minute forty-seven seconds of dude where's my chat yeah (laughs) anyway let's make a four scene transition and talk about the cl and pl races so uh, let's start in the central league uh because i'm i was watching this game i had it on here the tigers and the swallows now in the 11th inning tied 3-3 oh thank you because i was i had it off yeah but yeah the tigers starting to pull away with this thing and starting to make it look like thought it was over already (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's over before I take a look. But, you know, they had a really great midweek series against the Giants. And this was telling. I I, I thought Yomiuri threw uh, like its best pitchers at Hanshin and came away with no wins after it was all said and done. Three really close games or fun games, at least. And uh, the Tigers sweep it, obviously. And they just they just keep pulling away and they cooled off uh, Kazuma Okamoto for a couple games. I think he hit uh, a home run number 31 in the opener on Tuesday mm-hmm. against them, but was able, they were able to shut him down and keep him from <laughs> blasting him to king, blasting them to kingdom come. Uh, the one game, it looked like the giants were going to win. They kept Okamoto in the park to a double and then threw out Don't. Yuto Akihiro at the plate on what was the goofiest slide. I mean, we talked about how tall he is and how it he's got to reel in that long body and all those limbs. That was a, that was a pretty bad slide. If he just would have slid and kept his foot on the ground, he would have been safe with that long leg if he just would have stuck it in there. But he had it up in the air and got tagged out and uh, late in the game, and uh, they couldn't tie. This was a 7-6 loss it ended up being. Anyway, uh, I like this series, but yeah, the, the Tigers, they... You know, I said, I think in the prediction special, I said, I really like this team. I think it can win the Central League. I just don't trust these guys to to finish it off. Well, this is a new crop of guys, and, and they look really good as they're heading down the stretch here. And they're trying to win their ninth in a row here tonight. And uh, uh, if they walk away with a tie, I guess the winning streak will survive <laughs> because it'll just be a tie. But uh, they still uh, they have a chance to win this thing. Anyway, uh, what do you think about the Central League? Well, I would say, unlike, I think, about 14 other Tigers managers since 1950, Akinobu Okada knows what it's like to win a pennant Mm. and to be in the playoffs every year. And uh, so I don't think that's a problem. I think people like playing. You know, he's he's a different kind of animal. And and I, you know, I said that before. He's he's one of the things I liked about him was that he's. He's in charge of the team and not the media. <laughs> mm. And even even Akiriano sometimes bent a little bit, but that was a good thing. And he, he was he was of course quite successful too in the playoffs. Basically, good good results every year. But I, I do like Okada. I think it is a terrific young team. I think the play that's a fun team to watch. Uh, they make mistakes. Big deal. Everybody makes mistakes, but they're still fun. Even when they're bad, they're kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so I, I, I like it. I have no problems. Uh, entering Saturday, the Tigers led by six games over Hiroshima and the third place uh, whose DNA was uh, third place and they were nine back. Right. So, um, those teams are all good. I think the Tigers will do it. No problem. I'm good. <laughs> it could be over. We still have a lot of baseball. It could. Oh, and I would also say because I was I was at Tokyo Dome uh, Saturday afternoon, well Saturday morning, I guess, and hoping to talk to Kazumo Komodo, which is really hard. At Tokyo Dome, it's it's virtually impossible unless a player is coming in from the outfield and you want to wait around for the them uh, as Sar- Hayato Sakamoto once did a f- about a couple of months ago. But if they're not coming in from the outfield, they don't go near where the media is allowed to be. Mm. And so I couldn't talk to him. But I kind of did want to ask him about the fact that in his career, it's like the Tigers are the one team he really doesn't hit very well. Oh, and he's and which is the interesting thing is he's from Nara Prefecture, which is the you know the next door neighbor to Osaka. So he's a, he's a really a Kansai guy. And, and Terio told me because uh, she got you know she got big on all the all the and the Samurai Japan players. She was filling me in with all these little stuff she was getting on YouTube, and she said you know he's he was he's all he likes to talk about how he was a big uh, tigers fan when he was growing up and now he's playing and i was going to ask him about that but uh didn't get a chance but yeah no the tigers good go for it go and and enjoy it while it happens yeah and they i mean they came in they they're they're on this streak that includes victories or sweeps over the bay stars and the giants and those the the giants were not the team directly or even too spots uh below them in the standings but they well they were when they started <laughs> yeah they sort of were but nobody i, I mean i didn't take that seriously i i thought the thing a about a bit giants, of drop off by the teams above them but nothing nothing the thing serious. about the giant series that interested me was the shosei togo game mm. because togo had thrown uh inexperienced well we, you know it's i don't know what yomir is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because Tatsunori Hara goes around telling people that his bullpen can't do it. And so when so he basically is left with one choice without Tai Seota, which is leave his starting pitchers until they die mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah, let the batteries go Jose out. To, so, so Jose Togo threw 149 pitches. In fact, he had a he he had the go-ahead runs I, on base. Yeah, 129. With, I, I, I had. No, that's this last time. Oh, you're talking about his previous start. To... Yes. He had he might have had no out in the bases loaded and or one out in the bases loaded and he had thrown 147 pitches or 146 pitches and I'm thinking are you nuts? <laughs> but he only needed to, you know it just happened to be that he found you know, he, he was reaching back in his dorm room. Hey, what's this red button here? Let me push it. Oh, two quick outs. That was that button. Sure enough. I didn't know that. So <laughs> he got the outs and he got out of the game and he got the win. And so here is he's again late in the innings. This time was the seventh. It was the seventh inning. And it's like he's at 125 pitches and he's in trouble and he just didn't have it. He was he's just was couldn't couldn't cut it now i don't know if the 149 pitches had an effect but you you know you, you never know but with uh, then the next game when tatsunori hara went to his bullpen they gave up three runs in the ninth <laughs> so 
uh, that's what I meant by a self-fulfilling prophecy. He's always telling his players that they're not good enough. And then when they go out and he, he says, now go prove me wrong. And then instead they seems like they want to prove him right. Cause they don't want, you know, they're thinking I'm not going to do the bad thing. He tells us we're, we're, you know, we're bound to do. Right. Well, the thing that I guess they lost on Friday and this weekend has been weird because we had a national holiday on Friday. So it mm-hmm. has really thrown me off, but in Friday's game, which was a day game mm-hmm. uh, when his pitchers gave up runs. He he went out to the mound smiling, you know, Hey, too bad. You, you got hit there. That was, that was close. And I thought this is this, if I were a giants fan, especially the old timey curmudgeon kind of guys are sitting around, I would be screaming. Why is he smiling at his young pitchers when they get knocked around late? And it was home runs. You know, it wasn't that they just right. gave up a key hit. They gave up home runs. And, uh, and lost games and Hada's going out to the mound smiling, you know, taking the ball from him. I'm like, what is going on here? And we, you talked about alternative uh, realities or universes. Yeah. Indeed. There is a Tatsunori Hara reality, I think. And yeah. And I'm like, this is what, in what world is it okay for the giants to lose like this and have the manager come out to the mound and not have that look that. Well, Yankee I think that's the smile. that says, I got another year on my contract and I'm not going nowhere smile because they're afraid to fire me. Yeah. But you are, you're going to the farm. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. You don't got it. So um, anyway, uh, so yeah, they, the DNA looked uh, with, they had a really good game with the giants on Friday and they came back with a home run. Shugo Maki hitting a home run uh, to put him up. And then, uh, Taishi Ota, who used to play with the Giants, they were, they drafted him, and uh, he has been, like I say, I like to say, picking splinters out of his backside most of the season. But uh, he got out there and hit a home run too, and helped them win four to two on Friday. And DNA looked like a you know like like a contender for a long time, but th- that team's going to have to fight the Giants off to get that that playoff spot. So I'm looking at the you know I'm looking at the carp as well, and I'm thinking well at some point you know, reality has to come in and they just really haven't played that consistent since I think the all-star break. But uh, I think more, most of that is the fact that Alan Cudi has not, I don't know, he slowed down a little bit. He, a little he bit, was, but, yeah. but also they were missing Yoma Nishikawa for about yes. three weeks and he's okay. back now and he's like going, okay, let's go guys. He's and, back, but yeah, but they're not, they're not winning games. Well, I mean, not he hasn't yet. Been a, yeah, he has not been yet, there. but I, I think they're, you know, their, their talent, their talent is just to play up. I think oddly enough. And I, I, I don't know where to give credit to it. Cause I, I don't really know, but I, they just seem to be playing up to their ability, which is not always easy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see this finishing this one, two, three in the standings that we have right now being the, the playoff uh, teams. And then, I, you know, we should get ready for a Kansai Derby in the Japan series. I suppose sure. we should just uh, <laughs> chalk it better up. Because... Bo- better book my book my hotels in Osaka. That's right. Well, it, because the Buffaloes are doing the same thing that the Tigers are doing and they're doing it in the Pacific League and they're pulling the win. We, we, I think we talked about Hideto Asamura of Rock 10 uh, really getting the, the Eagles back in to the state of relevancy in the Pacific League, but I think he has cooled off and that's about all the, all that, that was their spurt, I think. And the Buffaloes and Marines look like the playoff teams and they just have better pitching, better hitting, 
better defense, better luck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and, and they and got they got better because their big free agent pickup in the offseason, Tomoya Mori, also came back. Yes. And uh, they're just getting better. And, and yeah. a lot of the young players that Buffalo's put out there are to, good. Are yeah, good. To, and... to, yeah, to, to, to take up. Yeah, I don't know if it was to take up space or for spot starts or for let's see what you can do kind of a thing. But all of the above, they 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 passed with flying colors. So, <laughs> you know, indeed. And and Yota, who was injured and out was her right. Yeah. He's had a he's had an injury plagued pro career. But uh, in spite of that, you know, hit and and completely I'm I'm stunned for somebody I actually followed coming out of high school. And then watched him play, watched him play in his first year and get hurt, and then just kind of lost track of him. And then to see, I, I didn't really notice what he was doing on the farm team until you, until we talked about him at the end of last year. And I'm going, holy Moses, this guy's good. And yeah. of course, that's to me, that's, you know, you do that and there's something going on we may not know what it is that's going on and and how much of it is going to translate is another thing but there's something there and he definitely has showed that and his coming back and the development of all these other guys and and being uh yutaro sugimoto having half a season really good and, and but playing more or less up to his ability after a season which he wasn't that great uh in 2022 and the pitching being you know, just a a little bit better, just a little bit better than it was a year ago, I think. So is the, they're in the wash. They're not really, you know, how is this? They're not missing Masataka Yoshida, who like, didn't we, there wasn't there a guy who was like really good here last year? Yeah, <laughs> must have been. I don't remember because we're good now. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, of course, uh, Leandro Cedeno is just a marvelous, fun revelation. <laughs> And this, the, guy's, yeah. this guy is, I think, 24. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has been a nice addition. And, you know, I look at the Lotte Marines and I'm thinking, okay, we're, they're missing Loki Sasaki. Uh, the bullpen sometimes looks iffy to me, especially tonight. Uh, but that team is in stable condition. If I were to, if I were to make one of those hospital references, I, I mean, I think the patient had some issues before. We had to admit them to the hospital, but the, they're in stable condition. I, I don't really see, like I said earlier, the, the Eagles not a threat. And I hate to say this, but it's a lot of it is because of what's happening on the mound and particularly Masahiro Tanaka. And yeah, what did I call him? Sometimes Jones before. And he just he, he, that's what he does. He has one good start. And, and I, I would say good start results wise, but not I haven't seen a good start stuff wise in quite a while. Now he's. And, yeah, he's he's getting into this. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this because his start last week was was a good start. It was one of those mm. starts where it was a good start because he did the completely unexpected. And sometimes teams will just not catch up to you. Mm -hmm. He wasn't throwing his four seam fastball. He's gone. He's he. It's his two seamer is a, is is a is sort of like a I don't know what it's sort of like a ghost story because he didn't it wasn't really good when he left Japan and it and he never quite you know and he went to MLB when everybody was throwing two two seam sinking fastballs 
And Hiroki was a teammate with Hiroki Kuroda, who that became a big pitch for him in MLB. And so he he really worked on it and he worked on it. And he and then he kind of dished, you know, he he kind of dumped it in in 2018. Uh, uh, when I talked to him, I said, what happened to the two seamer? He says, eh, it was never that good. And, I, and his pitching coach said, yeah, we're we're using it in specific circumstances and then he came back to japan and people were jumping on his <laughs> were getting on his four seam fastball like they had i don't know what fast passes <laughs> you know like they had free rides <laughs> yeah and so he went back to the two seamer and that's kind of been his pitch i mean the fa- the four seam fastball has been uh it was better than his first year but it's been inconsistent and and the two seamer was a trick pitch basically last year and he's used it sometimes as a trick pitch i think the other day he was throwing changeups a lot and and sliders and cutters and it's like again he it's almost like he had he's trying to reinvent himself every game but he'd said something pithy a week ago a week and a half ago um and which was somebody said wow have you turned a corner and he said are you kidding me all that stuff, Bob. All that stuff's been happening all season, and it, ain't, it was there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was bad for a reason, and I had one successful game. Doesn't mean that bad stuff's gone away. It's still there. It sounded like like a guy trying to hold keep a monster in his closet. <laughs> so, so it came out again, and you know, he's still experimenting. Now, on the other hand, he's a really smart pitcher, and I, I hold hope. I hold out hope that he might be able to find the mix he needs and the consistency with his delivery to to master a new kind of Masahiro Tanaka, but he ain't there right now. And the starting pitching isn't right there. They have some they have some good pitchers, but they're they've gone from a bunch of guys who could be depended to be really depended on to be really good to a bunch of guys who are good they're sort Sometimes. of like yeah. they're sort of like watching the Oryx Buffaloes get younger because mm. you know they have all these pitchers now who know what to do when this happens and they know what to do when this happens and when their command isn't like this and their velocity isn't like that and the mound isn't the way they like it and they know what to do and they and whereas three years ago when those little hiccups would hit them you would see suddenly the control goes out the window and or the stuff goes out the window and bam 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 uh third inning and wow that was a short start and that's what it's like watching rock 10 now it's like all these pitchers who used to be quite good or you know it looks like they were moving they're go- they're regressing they're, in- they're becoming more or less inconsistent so yeah they, I mean, one one good day one bad day uh and Taki, know, Takahiro, he's getting old and but he Masa threw Tanaka. a complete game yesterday uh, you know but but he'll come it, back so. next week or he threw a shutout yeah it was a shutout yesterday wow but he'll come back him. yeah uh but he'll come back next week and and he won't last five innings or something you know, had, you know i've seen him i've seen that those flashes of that where he has looked really good this year but the inconsistency has dogged them and and he's probably been one of the, well takahisa hayakawa is becoming the pitcher i really thought he'd be a couple of years ago but still inconsistent but but some really really good games when rock 10's offense took the day off yeah we can still see that there's a ceiling for him whereas the floor has grabbed 
a couple of the other guys and they've fallen <laughs> and they can't get up. We've got to move on. <laughs> we got to move on and make a two-seam transition. So last week we were not able to go rocking with Roki. Last week we went rocking with rookies. Uh, but yeah. this, this week we're going to talk about, uh, obviously with Sasaki still injured, uh, he won't be pitching for a while. So no, he might not even pitch the rest of this season. So let's, okay, let's see. yeah, don't don't scare us. Don't don't don't. You're scaring the listeners. <laughs> don't I do apologize. that. <laughs> okay, all right. We're waiting. He's day to day. Okay, week to week. There you go. There you go. One player we need to talk about is Yohei Oshima mm. of the Junichi Dragons, since he's approaching 2,000 hits and becoming just the fourth player in NPB history to complete college or at least play in college and then play in the corporate leagues and then ascend to NPB and gain membership to the golden players club club by reaching 2000 hits the previous three kazuhiro mm. wada shinya miyamoto and atsuya furuta the latter two both played for the swallows first wada played with the lions and then the chunichi dragons as well so two 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 and two basically you got players mm. who played for and you know the guy who dropped out of college who just barely missed that one i do not who is it that was hiromitsu Uchiai, another oh, dragon okay another dragon yeah so a uh, couple things now he has not reached the milestone yet so i guess we'll be able to talk about it more next week because he keeps racking up hits here like they're going out of style mm. <laughs> Uh, you think he's chasing 2,000 hits or something? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, that's the opposite, of course. Wait till, you know, he's, I think, what, 10 away now, so. I, no, I think he's less than 10. He has okay. fewer than 10 to go, so uh, he okay. got one today. So. Uh, maybe maybe he'll do a Kazuhiro Wada, and, you know, because typically when guys get close to it, they, they kind of tend to lock up. Wada said, like, oh, what? I need five, I, what, I need four hits today? Okay, bam. <laughs> We're done. Unlike uh, unlike Tomoaki Kanemoto, of the Tigers, when he yeah. was chasing, they they it took a few games. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was like a it was like the reverse of a death watch. Right. So I I don't have all the figures, and I and I know you were doing some homework on it, mm. and I guess we'll get into Ooh. it more later. But I think uh, I I know for sure because I did the research on this today, and and that of these four players. Oshima is going to be the youngest to reach 2,000 hits. Well, that's um, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, Wada did it at the age of 42 in 2015. Miyamoto was 41 in 2012 when he reached the milestone, and Furuta was 39. Now, I don't know the months, but I do know that Oshima right now is 37. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me because, well, at least with Wada's case, Wada was the, I think, the oldest player ever to get to to two thousand hits. He was, yes, because he not only did he uh, play at Tohoku Fukushi University, like so many, like Kanemoto, for example, uh, like so many other stars in NPB, he then went and played. I think he played two years at Kobe Steel, and then he sat on the bench. With the Cebu Lions, Lions as yes. a part-time catcher and reserve outfielder mm -hmm. for about, th I'm going to say about four years. And then uh, Haruki Ihara, and, you know, he was he was really a, a terrible manager. What do you uh, really mean? 
Um, I don't know. Can don't I... beat around the bush. Okay, man. I will. I will remove the 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 sugar coating. He was a terrible okay. manager. Oh, there wasn't any. And I, I, I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge. I, I really like the guy, and he's always been straight with me. And I, I do, I do enjoy his company. So it's nothing personal. <laughs> it sounds like how could that not be personal? He was a pretty bad manager, but uh, he did some things. You know, he he was the guy who said, uh, let's keep Hiroyuki Nakajima on the bench because I don't like the way he grabs. Uh, he picks as as they as uh, Scott McLean said, I didn't like the way he booted ground balls in the mud in Kochi in a freezing day in Kochi Prefecture one day. So he kept him on the farm an extra year. <laughs> You know, a guy who could have who who when he was came out of high school, this is a guy who could have had, you know, he the Hayato Sakamoto career. And, mm-hmm. you know, he did that. But on the other hand, he said the first thing he did when he became manager was Kazuhiro Wada, you're a starter. You know, like, let's just get rid of that outfielder stuff. And let's he you know, he made him his his regular he made him a regular DH. He'd been a catcher. He'd actually done a lot of, finally done a lot of catching as Stomu uh, Ito was getting older and older and older. And he was like Daisuke Matsuzaka's premier catcher in 2000, um, I'm going to say 1999. Mm-hmm. And then when Ihara came in 2002, he said, you're my DH. You know, you got bad wheels this year, just DH. And it was like, it just his career just went into warp speed so you know terrible manager but and made some terrible decisions but made some pretty darn good eventful ones as well right so and and you bringing that up uh, i did look up these numbers as well furuta of these three furuta played the fewest or needed the fewest games to reach 2000 mm. hits and that was 1884 games but oshima is around 1771 right now okay um but that's still fewer than the other guys uh, by a long way so he's going to break that record as well he's going to be going to be the youngest of this group of four and he's going to need the fewer games and i remember we had a question on the show and i think it was he was 32 at the time so it was five years ago because he turns 38 in november so maybe it was six years ago but someone said okay the dragons start, need to start planning for another center fielder. Their Remember center that. fielder is thirty; he's going to be thirty-three years old next year. And what are they going to do? And but also, also he was coming off uh, arms. I think he had, he had arm he had, surgery. He did have an injury? That's correct. And that was two thousand thirteen. He had arm surgery was, that kept him out of the WBC. And uh, I, which I remember because he was at camp and not, you know, it looked like his arm was going to fall off. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but you would never know with Koji Yamamoto as the manager. So get him in there. It's not. It's still hanging by a thread. Let's go, guys. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. You know, I, I. You know, of course, I was thinking along the same lines today, which is really pretty, both interesting and scary. Uh, but Don't share I, a brain with John. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in some ways, but I, 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 I was thinking the same thing you know about him being in the same category with those guys and of course he's not at all a similar player to Atsuya Furuta or Kazuhiro Wada because those guys could 
do it all offensively. Well, and, and defensively, and, and Miyamoto was a great defensive player. I yeah, think. much more similar to Miyamoto, a similar player, uh, a, not not as as much defensive value as Miyamoto because you're you know comparing a good center fielder with a with a with a an an excellent center fielder with a no 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 I I, I like good because the arm the arm the arm well the arm. Yeah, arm no. was good before surgery it was okay it was okay i would but say yeah. yeah but he was a good he was a hand. good he was a good and range like nobody's business range and, good, yes. and good hands so he was he was a defensive uh defensive asset but not not in the caliber of miyamoto but he was a better uh although miyamoto hit more home runs he also spent his career playing at jingu stadium instead of nagoya dome mm-hmm. and uh and he was not as good a uh an offensive player as Oshima was. And now if uh, now I would throw you some stuff, cause I, you know, as I said, I actually did do homework today. So that was fun since I was, I'm not blogging today. So listeners uh, who are also reading jbollisland.com, I'm sorry, but uh, I have, I have, I use Bill James wind shares, which is a, a kind of, which is kind of like a war thing. Uh, kind of like a war thing. Okay, it's a way of uh, evaluating different uh, performances and putting them into a linear format, which is a really cool and b part of the problem. But uh, I looked at players who've been at, who were active since 2000. Now Oshimo's been active since 2010. He became pretty much a regular his first year with Chunichi, uh, and he's of all those players who are all those players who've been active since 2010th, Oshima's 39th in total value on my list. Now that excludes lots of pitchers because it, because it, you know, pitchers do what they do, but they, it's, I'm not going to go into it. The system doesn't value pitchers like warp values them uh, because it's a different kind of system, which is really good. He's also 39th overall in total overall defensive value. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he's played all those years, so you know he's 39th in in value, and he's ahead of people like Tuffy Rhodes, who were you know vastly better hitters, but who who didn't play 13 year careers, who had you know nine year careers, right? Yeah, uh, but he's so he's also so he's a little bit in the category of uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take words out of John's mouth but John has used the word a compiler and to some degree he is a compiler because he's basically a singles hitter who stole who could steal bases and so in terms of the best five-year span in his career uh, from among players who played were active since 2000 he's uh, 59th. So he drops down in terms of the that peak quality. He's just consistent. You know, he's a consistent guy, gets tons of singles, draws some walks, used to steal a bunch of bases, had good defensive range. And that's him. You know, I, I think he's a he's a really good player. And there will be many, many worse players than him in the Hall of Fame. Be, because uh, and he probably won't get in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't sacrifice bunt enough. Yeah, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame worthiness next time because we, we got to save some meat on the bone for oh. when he breaks the record. But yeah, I, just so consistent. And yeah. I think that's he, the biggest thing. Right. So. He is has been consistent. He hasn't had huge um, gaps in his career. 
he hasn't, and because he's a singles hitter and he's not drawing lots of walks and he's not striking out a lot. Well, geez, you know, there you go. Yes. <laughs> you play every day, you get lots of singles. It's almost, it's almost like a cleanup on aisle five for all the curmudgeons. You know, this is what Japanese is about getting base hit. Japanese baseball is all about, about getting base hits. And if you guys, you know, cause any moisture to leak on my floor. You got to clean it up. Yikes. Hashtag. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk more about Oshima next week. He's, he'll probably break this record or he'll probably reach the Golden Members Club or make Yukai by the time we look up next week. Like Jim joked last week, he was going to get 16 hits in one game, but I think he could get to uh nine during the week but we'll have to see and hope the weather stays nice but one other thing by the way yuki okabayashi of the dragons has a hitting streak he he tied the club record today uh hitting in his 25th consecutive game and you know the mpb record this thing sneaks up on you i knew you know when he was at 15 i just thought oh he's doing well i have to keep looking and then there was a game earlier this past week and i thought he didn't get a hit and he must have gotten a hit late in the game when of course i wasn't looking because i always joke at the end of that i don't joke i'm i'm dead serious but i always say at the end of the series at the end of the season that these individual honors and and having the team start to play to get a guy a hit or get him up another at bat or help a guy you know win a, a individual title that's what loser teams do and so i don't pay attention to these things but uh, okabayashi has a chance to uh, lead the league in hits and he has this hitting streak going and the MPB record is 33 it's only 33 Yoshihiko Takahashi mm. set the mark with the carp in 1979 and so that's the talk here if he can go another week and, and keep getting hits he will be in position to try to break that record as well so congratulations to him but he did tie Michio Nishizawa's club record of 25 today wow what a player and Nishizawa. Yeah. And so it's it's really nice for, for Okabayashi. I I'm really happy with his development uh in terms of, of being a consistent hitter. He hmm. still doesn't seem to hit with guys on base as much, but and once that seems to I mean he still chases pitches, I should say. Well, you know, I was just thinking because I as I said, I was um the last thing I, I have to say about that was, you know, whenever you watch a broadcast and they guy, this guy's really good in the clutch because look, he's hitting, you know, he's a he's a two seventy hitter, he's hitting three forty with runners in scoring position, and that's the best in the central league. And uh, you know what, Kazumo Okamoto's who's leading the central league in RBIs, you know what? He's hitting with runners in scoring position, two twenty-six. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously he's a bad hitter in the clutch <laughs> but nobody's going to say that you know they just say dumb things that you know fit their narrative so well, anyway I, 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 let's not say dumb they just don't it's not it well is dumb. thought through it it's, is it's, okay yeah but when you're saying things that aren't th thought through it's so easy to come out dumb, dumb because it's random <laughs> you know it's everybody who does this is that and it's just you know you're just I would say you're talking out the wrong end of your uh, your anatomy, <laughs> but that would be mean. Hashtag high so well, Walt. Well, that's not that wouldn't be talking. But anyway, <laughs> uh, some people, how can you tell? My goodness, Glenn, look at the time. Uh, we have still <laughs> not gotten to your MP3, but we have it. You are on deck. 
Mm. Mike from Scranton, you are also on deck. Yeah, and great question, Mike, and, and I'm looking forward to that. Unfortunately, we had a long interview this week, and then we somehow got sidetracked here again. But... Shohei Otani does that. Yeah, he'll do that too. That, yeah. that, that guy. What has he ever done for us? But I don't want to rush through your questions. No, nope. uh, we want to take some time and really delve into it. So we will get to them next week. We won't plan very much for next week. How's that? Uh, no <laughs> need to luck. talk about. No need to talk about the races. They're over, right? <laughs> anyway, anyone else who has a question, hit us up on what can we still call that thing? Twitter. I've been calling it X. <laughs> I don't know what to call that thing anymore. Look uh, for spot. All right. Well, on Twitter X, find them. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter X at JBW Podcast with the hashtag High Heat Sent Questions. The email to yakyujohn at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook uh, and leave us a message there. You can find us on iTunes and Google Podcasts. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball. See you at the ballparks. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBallAllen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HighHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.